Hey everybody and all you nerds out there, this is the Nerd Rejects Podcast and I'm Ty. I'm John. And we are here in a special episode to present to you Anthony Stokes. Tyler, how, how special is this episode? This is all, uh, really special. Uh, it's our first, I'd, I'd say our first interview. And I think it's a, it's a home run. So, what we're calling a home run, huh? I think it's a home run. Okay. So, what we're what we're talking about here is Anthony Stokes' project, uh, which is on Kickstarter too. Uh, if you look up Decay Issue One and Two Revenge Tour, uh, that's what we're talking about here. Uh, we were able to read and and kind of look over unendingly uh, Anthony's Decay Issue One and Two. And I don't know about you, John, but I thought it was a really good read. It was it was easy to follow. It didn't jump around, you know, like some other comics do. Uh, you know, the writing and the art kind of mesh. They, they mesh together really well. And I felt like at the very end, I really wanted to keep reading. I wanted to keep reading and find out more. Actually, Anthony, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna have questions for you. In regards to this, because I I really want to know if, if you can tell me. So, um, John, what do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I completely agree. Um, okay. I was, you know, obviously, thank you. Uh, and or Anthony, what would you prefer to be? Aunt. To, aunt? Okay. Um, yeah. I, I think I'm very gracious that, you know, Ant gave us this opportunity to uh, read both one and two um, and kind of, you know, get down into it. Um uh, Obviously, uh, number two isn't out yet, um, so to be able to kind of get early access to a comic book, I mean, I, 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 in my opinion, uh, that's something that I think is pretty cool. Um, and uh, it, 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 it's interesting because Ant went to Twitter uh, a couple days ago, maybe a couple weeks ago now, and asked, you know, what's your turnoff when it comes to comic books? And I don't know if Ant knows that, th- that it was me that responded or quoted it, but... Um, the art, you know, art's, art's huge for me, uh, when it comes to comics, because that's 90% of it, in my opinion, you know, I don't like to read books, but I love to read comics, um, because I like being able to have the, the photos associated with it. And I mean, like you said, the, the, the story was good and the art was good too. And it was, it was definitely a really good read for me. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm not sure. You know, what's funny about that is I think people, it's almost like a mirror when you when you talk about a comic book, about what you value. So my letterer is lettering, and the, the dialogue is very, very scarce, intentionally. And he added so much dialogue, like line after line after line. Anytime a character had a mouth, a, a gasp, he would add lettering, you know, a speech bubble. And... If you prefer art, you might you might read it and be you might be like, oh, the, you might mention the art first. And then me personally, I'm a dialogue guy like you could show me the most beautiful comic book ever. If the dialogue is like really on the nose, it's it's really like not clever. It doesn't lend itself to character. I can't I literally cannot read it. So I think it's interesting what people what what people talk about comic books is what they subjectively value you know you mentioned a really great thing 
and it's dialogue. I think as a big, I'm a big horror fan. I think I mentioned that to you the other day where I didn't necessarily grow up reading. I didn't grow up reading all the, all the horror uh, there was to read. And I read this along with many other modern horror books that I can remember. And the, the dialogue was actually what I thought knocked it out of the park because with horror, you need a lot of art to kind of reflect, you know, the tone that you're setting as a writer. And it, it, it like I said before, it knocked it out of the park reading this first, this first issue and uh, being able to sit and stare at the art as well. Everything meshed together really well. And you got the feeling that it was, uh, it was a family story. Uh, it was, a story about death, a story about grieving in certain areas. And of course, how, you know, how things are going to come together in the end or what's going to happen in the future. There's, there's, there's questions to be asked, but I think you as a writer, a creator, you left those questions to be asked because that's what you're supposed to do. You don't want us to read one and two and say, you know what? I know what's going to happen. Right. So, the, the dialogue really provided for a, a great mesh with the art. And I, th I think, I don't know about you, John, I think there was enough said to where I understood what was going on. I, I was able to look at the art. Um, I, I didn't need all of the dialogue in the world to explain what was going on. I think of all, of all the Kickstarters I've, I've read or had the, had the ability to read, this, this horror comic, I think, really meshed together well. is definitely one of the top ones that I've read, if not the top. You. So, uh, you know, you, you, you threw out a word that, you know, kind of, uh, it, it's not something you really think about when you think horror, at least I don't. And you said family. And it, this, this, you know, I, I've, got, I've got daughters of my own, um, and so do you. You know, this would easily be a comic book I would be okay letting my daughters read and i think i think that's a good thing you know oh, what I, are they? It, well, uh, my, <laughs> I got four four two and four two and uh six weeks <laughs> I think the six week one would really enjoy decay yes. as well oh yeah absolutely All the um, blood and... but it's it's not often that you find a horror comic that is kind of family oriented as well mm -hmm. um and and i think uh sadly you know there's there's not enough of those and i it, it's nice it's refreshing to see that you know what i mean you see that sometimes our movies like hereditary is all about family yes. obviously or um i want to say us um oh. as well right mom i think there's one uh it's either mom or mother mom mother baba duke oh yeah that one's that one's wild yes yeah, I need to, I need I need to watch that one. But I'm I'm as soon as your daughters, you know, are mature, mature enough to handle this. This is not a kids' book. I think we I think we should say, but that's that's a great compliment. Honestly, like I, I really I really appreciate that. Yeah, I I think that um, it it goes along the same lines as uh, James Tynan, uh, the fourth he wrote uh, is writing something's killing children. It's one of my favorite horrors right now, and. Among others, and I think did he do the pretty house on the lake? A nice house on the lake, yeah. That's that's ongoing right now, right? I think it, the newest issue comes out this next Wednesday, so I'm still reading that. I think it's a long read, but um, th there's similarities here, where 
you're 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 stuck wanting more. Mm-hmm. And I know we've read two issues, but we're I'm stuck wanting more. And I know John, it seems like you are too. And the similarities here, I think, relate a lot to you know there is there is diction, there is there there are words. There's there's words to explain what's going on, but the art also does a great job to complement it. And the way the horror speaks, uh, I can see what John means. Uh, a wide range of ages can read this and say, you know, I feel the same as this this age group because it's coming across the same way at everybody. You're you're getting the message out, you're getting the story out, and I think it's going to be conveyed to everybody in the, in the the same way. Everybody's going to notice different things, of course, but mm-hmm. um, through one through decay issue number one. I noticed quite a bit of quite a bit of things that just stuck out to me. Uh, you know, of course, it started you know with the climax. Uh, maybe not the climax, but the big event where you know the party. There's a uh, a shooting. The and, inciting incident, you might say. Yes, yes, that's a better phrase. I'm not. A little bit what, of screen a, what a way! Background. What a way to say that without yeah. spoiling, spoil, spoil, spoiling, spoil, yeah. spoiling, spoiling. And I'll say this right now: hard. you guys can spoil. You know, you know your audience, so you know whatever sells this book, you guys can. Uh, you guys can go ahead. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, it, the the way this started was was fantastic because I don't see a lot of books that start with. You know the uh, the inciting event, or the main event, or you know the turning point, at least within the first issue that kind of got. I explain why that is that I did that. Um, so I come from a screenwriting background, Ooh. so you'll it's essentially a cold open, like from a TV show. Right, I get that. That's good. That's good. I I, I get that. I uh, honestly, I love that as as a huge fan of um like. The Office, Parks and Recreation, Brooklyn Nine Nine—you know those kind of shows. Those, you know, Michael Schur style shows. Cold op- opens I loved, and that might be why I appreciated uh, appreciated that because I, I read it and I was like, okay, well, what's going on? And honestly, I wasn't expecting to get the answer to that question in the first in the first issue, and we <laughs> did. And I was like, you know what? Here it is. I'm here for it. Let's go. Where's number two? You know, thank you with the model I have. And I've just been making comic books for like, I've been writing comic books for about three years in August. That's not even true. It's been two years since I've been writing comic books. And nobody really knows who I am. Like, and that's fine to say, you know, yet anyway. But I was like, okay, I need to get people hooked. And what I'm really proud of it is that this guy was like, look, the, the, your first page and your last page are super important. You can almost have like a week, the middle can be kind of weak. And if you nail that first page and that last page, then you can keep people invested. And like, we need, we need people to be hooked, you know, You're like right. no frames can go to waste, No panels can go to waste with this. Cause you, you no, nobody owes you anything, you know? So you got to grab them as You're, soon as possible. You're a hundred percent right. And you know what you make, you make a very good point. I remember in my writing classes, I, I'm not I'm not a screenwriter any anywhere close artistically. And I was told when, when I'm writing stories or uh, any paper for that matter, you know, people are gonna really remember the beginning and the end. The middle, you know, they're gonna kind of expect it to be, you know, plot, things like that. But the beginning and end are what people really are gonna take away. So if you're strong, people are gonna say, Whoa, you know, this hit me hard. And I think I think you you really you really did that year, where uh, 
you really got across that you know there was there was going to be grief. There's there was an attachment uh, between uh, I believe it was uh, DK and Marcus. And yes, you didn't know who they were right away, and that's totally cool. But you wanted to know who they were, and you wanted to know why he was helping him, and or trying to. Uh, it didn't seem like there was a ton of hope, but uh, it was really awesome to also figure out how you were going to characterize the well these characters. I, how are you going to give them a, a type of personality or a way that they were going to act throughout the the story? And I, I enjoyed how it moved through uh, issue one and issue two because you mm -hmm. really got to understand the closeness. You got to understand the uh, the brother sister vibe between Jess and, and DK. And I felt like between issue one and two, you really wanted that. You really wanted a type mm -hmm. of uh, relationship. You wanted to dive deeper into it. And I think two really spoke to that. And of course, being a family person, I really want to know the attachment there and what caused, um, you know, DK to come back in the second to be, uh, well, technically the end of the first, but and the first, yeah, yeah. Uh, at least you see you see the hand, of course, and that was that was very profound. So the way that was that was done was very artistically well done mm -hmm. in regards to art, and you definitely led up to it really well with the writing. And I know, thank I'm, you. No worries. I mean, I, I'll give credit where credits due, and I, I do have to say the way everything came together towards the end where you kind of were able to infer that Jess had something big to do with Marcus, was it not Marcus, sorry, DK coming back. I thought it was great. And you wanted to know more. You wanted mm -hmm. to keep knowing more. And I'm like, man, he really grabbed me with this. And, uh, I think I was like, I, I need to read number two. And I went ahead and, and read number two. And I'm like, this is what we wanted. We wanted the relationship between Jess and DK to explode, it's exploded. And you got more questions. And I said, man, I want to read number three. Right. So yeah, I wish I, wish I had to give it to you, believe me. <laughs> and five more months for that. No, you're, you're fine. And, and honestly, um, you know, I'll, I'll ask my big questions later, but, but John, what, what really, what really stood out to you? What throughout one and two, you know, what brought you? Can I jump in real quick? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. I have a question. Um, talking about things that they, they, they that, that you guys noticed. Did you guys um figure out or infer how the parents died? So that was my big question. I was trying to figure out and put pieces together because the there was a little foreshad. I don't know if the foreshadowing might be the wrong word. Where the uh, DK and Jess were in the cemetery, they were talking, and it came up that you know, hey. Um, you know, have you ever thought about bringing the parents back? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, how did it, how'd they die? Right. So I didn't quite put it together, but if it's there, there I know. And I Do you want that? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I'd love the hint. I think it would be a confirmation because I think I know, but I'm not really sure. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to, I want to hear your best guess. Um, I, I, I'm thinking, and I could be way off base. It has something to do with, with, does that have something to do with voodoo? No. Ah, yeah, it is what it is. I tried. Um, I, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I'd love to know. <laughs> I tried. The, the hint was, um, the hint was, she says, he says, like, all this from some water, 
And then Jess says, yeah, but it was a lot of water. Oh. That oh. was. Oh, they died okay. in fire. <laughs> yeah, wow. they died in fire. <laughs> hey, um, we can put it together now, John. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I was really that was sarcasm. Tyler. I really like that moment because it's like exposition, and you know, like exposition is like you know you need to tell your story, but it's like medicine. You know, you gotta like sugarcoat it to to. So when people miss that, I actually like it quite a bit because I did my job. You know, if you want to go back and reread it, absolutely. But let's say that you didn't get that information, the story still works. You know, um, and. uh I'm, I'm sure we can all infer now, but like that was one of my favorite. That was one of my favorite lines because I, I can't stand on the nose dialogue. Like I was reading Saga 55 today. You guys ever read Saga? Yes, yes, once it's or twice. Fantastic. Yeah, not, not, I, I haven't read it much. I, I I keep meaning to, but yeah. Kayvon, obviously a fantastic writer. Um, and you know they used like buzzwords like. Uh, somebody said like woke in quotations, you know, and it's just like, oh my god, bro! Like this is set in a world, like this is set in a whole other. You, how do you how do you shoehorn this into this scenario, you know? So, like, I hate that. Like, I want everything to feel natural, you know. Like, so that was really big to be able to 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 figure out that moment. I always say I, I try to use as little exposition as possible because you can all. It's like it's like seasoning. I like I like a lot of cooking metaphors. Ooh, okay. You can you can add seasoning like you can always add seasoning. You can't take away. seasoning. So you can it's easier to add exposition like a line or two than to take it away. Like. In I, my opinion, I know I, of, I get that. I that, that makes that. complete yeah. sense. Honestly, <laughs> if, if, if you would have just said like said it just straight up like that instead of adding like that seasoning. Re- honestly, the seasoning reference helped me get it. And I, that, that makes complete and total sense to me. And. To build off of that, if you just would have came out and said, you know, how the parents, you know, came to be uh, when they passed, I think it would have taken away from the enjoyment that you'd get in having questions to, you know, look for answers uh, in regards to uh, with it, when you read. And I think I'm going to go back and I'm going to find it again and I'm going to be like, oh, mm-hmm. OK, OK. And that's that's the biggest thing for me. I like to go through and I like to ask questions. I write them down. Uh, just like I did here, and whether it's a, a stupid guess for me or it's a spot-on guess, it is what it is, but I think that's the biggest thing that you can do in a, a book. If it makes you ask questions, then you did your job. You did you, you did your job, and it was, I think it was very well done. Uh, I hadn't, I, I did not necessarily know you had a, a whether it be a short history, a history in screenwriting. Not a short history. Oh, you <laughs> About said, 10, well, you, 10, 15 years. Oh, I, thought you said I asked for a camera when I was probably like either 8 to 10. Oh. And I've been writing like screenplays or attempting to write screenplays since 2007, 2008. So I've been doing this oh, for wow, a while. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's my mistake. I thought I thought you said three earlier. That's that's my fault. Um, no, he's been doing comics for three. Pay attention, right. Tyler. Hey, I had to pivot. Hey, we're going over a lot here, and I'm really excited. So excuse me. Um, but but here, I I just really thought that when you had me asking questions throughout the throughout the two issues, I think within two issues having that many questions is a good thing. 
you're not missing out on plot you're not missing out on characterization you're you're hitting all the right points and you're you're getting people to ask questions about what may come back later on and you know more questions arise you know how you know there's a fight between what looked like two factions uh at the party that uh dk and marcus were at. i'm like well how are those two factions or two different parties you know they're they're mad at each other. Why, how, you know, how'd that come to be? Is that going to be a side story or is that going to be something that's just a, a one and done? I thought it was really interesting because it played into important, important technical deaths. So that was, that was a big question for me for sure. And uh, one, and I didn't, I didn't really infer, I didn't really think about it an insane amount to the point where I got, I was second guessing myself, but at the end of one, I, I said, you know, who's, who's, uh, who's talking to DK, like as he's rising, mm-hmm. I said, who is that? Because you think it would be Jess, but it didn't sound like Jess, like when you read it. Right. So who, who was guiding him out of the ground? <laughs> are, are you, are you asking him to spoil future issues we did or say, you just start stopping there entirely. I, I, like, he, I, <laughs> John he allowed me yeah. spoilers but if, if you can't that's perfectly fine because I'm willing to wait for three four five six however many you have to get to get there I think that's a big question I had and I said you know what if he can't answer it that's okay because I'll wait I'll wait I'm for spoilers I'll, I'll be honest with you Tyler I was I'm, I was wondering the exact same thing um so I, I know I mentioned you know Obviously, illustrations are very important to me, but I did notice the difference in the dialogue, you know, bubbles and the the way the text was. And I was like, well, that's not that's not really text we've seen yet. So it's it it, it gave kind of like a like an eerie essence, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, which I thought was great. So I'm thinking, uh, obviously, you know, I don't know the answer, but I'm thinking maybe uh, uh, Jess's parents. You know, interesting theory, because I mean, we they've already been introduced. We already know that they're dead. So maybe, you know, maybe she had tried to bring them back and she just couldn't complete it. And so they're kind of trapped in limbo. And so he went from death to limbo to living. And maybe that's who they were talking to. Or maybe that's who was talking to him. That's that's what I was thinking as I was reading it. I now granted, I'd love to be proven wrong or I'd love to be proven right. I, but I would just I'm I'm there with Tyler. I would love to know who was talking to to DK. So I'll play a little coy with the stuff that happens in later <laughs> issues or may or may not happen. But um that's that's definitely interesting that people um people like like I said you get to see like what people take are invested in and what people um i have questions about so um definitely definitely seems like at least for you guys i hit all the marks i wanted to with issue one and i i really i really genuinely think the issue two is better in every way in my opinion i think on a technical level it's definitely better um so i'm curious about how you guys feel about issue two as well oh we're we're definitely getting there um, okay. Oh, excuse I, me. Didn't no, I? no, you're fine. We we still have we we have a little bit of time left as long as you have a little bit of time left. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right on. Yeah. Right on. Uh, so it seems like you can't tell us what that is, who that is, and that's perfectly fine because you know what? I think 
in the second issue, I had the, the same type of question about a different about a different instance where I'm like, you know, this is going to be a question I have, and he's not going to be able to answer it the way I want him to, but mm-hmm. I'm going to keep reading, and I'm going to find out because it's going to be like an oh yeah or wow type moment, and you really mm-hmm. want you really want that in a book, and I'm I'm so happy that these opportunities exist, and I'm happy that you're not telling either of us what you know who that was, but in the second, what really stood out, it, just like that uh, that moment where somebody's speaking with. Uh, DK as he's rising or speaking to him to guide him. Issue two, I don't think it was explained and there's probably a reason as to the female voice that's coming out of DK while I believe they're at Jess's work site. Okay, so that that was explained. So basically, yeah, so basically he can mimic people that are that are past so oh, when, he, okay. when he touches I, them. I even picked up on that Tyler. Hey, whoa, come whoa, whoa, on whoa. you're slacking man i probably thought way too hard about that because i do remember that there was a a reference artistically to i believe a female that was on the table uh females being shown so i i get that now um but i but the the biggest thing that i enjoyed throughout the second i think i mentioned it earlier was the fact that we got to experience and see more of the relationship between Jess and DK. And I believe we got a lot of, you know, sparks in regards to uh, plot. We got a lot of, you know, where are things starting to go? And, you know, especially in regards to the necklace, and I, I may not be calling it the right thing. It's been a while since I've worn one, but there's like a pendant type deal on the on the necklace is that is that the right terminology you'd use i'd say probably like a like a like a like a crystal listen something like okay i mean i'm never get caught up in semantics so you call it what you want (laughs) you know it it, it looked like that and you know what if 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 it's something else i'll totally accept that because i'm not that is not that's right pendant necklace like i'm not the subject matter expert uh but but i thought it was it was really cool how you threw bits and pieces in there in regards to you know hey you know this is what's going to happen plot wise when the necklace isn't on DK. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So there's, there's an attachment between the necklace and the individual. And I said, wow. So this is going to play into what's, what's going to happen going forward. I totally enjoyed that because it plays a factor, a large factor in limitations for the character as well as power. And I said, you know what, there's some power here because we saw that fight in the second issue and you know, he played dead. Mm-hmm. And I yep. said, I said, you know, this is awesome. This is awesome. I mean, he's not just a, he's not just a zombie. DK's not just a zombie. He's using his ability to just, you know, look dead, to escape from a crime scene. And yeah, and I was very happy to get into some comic booky stuff. Yeah, you know, like with with the power set with him using the um the mimicking the voice, and that to me, I was like, okay. That's the signature. Like that's what makes this a comic book, not a superhero thing. But that's like the world building. Yes. That's gonna like help with the story, help keep people engaged. And that, no, you're you're totally right there. And outside of the you know the necklace and you know the relationship portion, um, you you really notice that there's you know repercussions from. It seemed like Jess performed a, but was it? she performed a ritual mm-hmm. and 
I'm glad you confirmed that because, you know, I was like, you, you saw her, the area in which she would have done it. And, and I said, man, I hope she's the one that did it because I want to see his connection just brighten up and they become closer together. And, you know, going forward, they're going to just become much tighter and they're going to need each other for what they have coming. That's kind of mm -hmm. how I felt um, where I caught the small things like DK throwing what, what looked like initially before I read any further, a phone into a car. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, I, I enjoyed the small things like that where you don't realize it until the end, but at the very end, you're like, man, this second issue really played into revenge that DK wanted. You're like, wow, at the end, I wanted this to happen for him and he did it. So I'm, I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens next. And I hope that it was kind of the, the, so the subtitle for this one would be revenge tour. Mm hmm. If, if if I could make a subtitle, like that's the subtitle of the Kickstarter, and yeah, hopefully it's something that is really, um, like hopefully you feel kind of what's the word? Oh my god, ambivalent. Like like okay, you want this thing, and then you see it's like pretty, it's pretty damn gruesome, you know? Yeah, like, it's 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 really it's it's really great artistically, and it's 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 written out to the point where like you're letting it happen. And you're, you're, the revenge is just so, I guess, well done where, yeah, you're right. You want it to happen and it's happening. You're just, it's so prof I think the, the word I want to use, it's so profound that you're being able to see it happen. And all, away from, you know, it's a, it's a revenge tour. You're waiting for it to happen. It happens. And you're like, where's this going? Where's this going? And then the very end, bam, you're like, okay, there's Trey. Yeah, what's going on here? And uh, it's it's that that thing I mentioned earlier where you're you're just like what James Tynan uh, the fourth does. He makes you want to read more, and I'm glad I can compare what you're doing to his his work because I, I absolutely love the way he does it. You're you're getting you're giving us a reason to hang on, and I really want to. So I'm I'm glad mm -hmm. as we read. I don't know about you, John. As I read. I, I wanted to hang on and you gave me every reason to and throughout the whole flow of one and two I felt like I enjoyed it on an artistic sense and it's, it's exactly what I wanted in a, a modern a modern horror comic that also has a feel of you know historic horror comics as well I know we talked about this uh, the other day um because of a cover that that, yep. uh, that was based, it kind of looked like a Tales from the Crypt, the older uh, EC. It's not based on. Well, it sorry, is, uh, my my fault. Uh, it, you know, it is very much the Tales from the Crypt cover. <laughs> yeah, like a hundred percent. Like I, I didn't, I didn't have the reference, so I I didn't, mm -hmm. uh, I didn't have the reference to say, hey, this is number fifty four. Um, but it, it that feel, the feel mm -hmm. of you know the old Tales from the Crypt or the old horror comics. You got that feel here, but also you got a modern feel, and I enjoyed that everything was able to come together. and And I keep saying it match, but it was done so well. So yeah, John said this earlier. Thank you because this actually brightened up my my faith in horror comics. And there's not a million out there that are that are uh, good to read. There's not a ton of great indie ones, at least uh, for me. And I, this this brightened things up, and I thought it was a refreshing read. Where if people don't go out and get this, I think they're going to miss out 
on not only a great creative team, but also a story and a storyline that I think is only going to get better. And it started off great. So, uh, you know, John, quote I need for the Kickstarter. I'm not going to, yeah, it, it really is. You're, you're going to miss out. Uh, John, you, you feel the same way. Oh, ab- ab- absolutely. Um, it, it, you know, everything you said, you just kind of hit on the nose. Um, and, you know, I, I honestly, I think we could talk about this, you know, just these two issues uh, for the whole for the whole session. Um, but I, I, I don't know about you, Tyler. I do have a couple of questions for and about um, which well, are you still on the first issue or is this the second? No, I'm, I've, I've, I've done uh, I've, I've I've read both of them. Oh, no, I'm, I'm saying your questions. Are they more on the second or are they the first and second on, story? On, honestly, um, it's, it's more just about and um, awesome about Ant and you know the the team that he's working with you know you said you've got a you know a letterer you know who else do you have working with you uh on 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 these comics it is a lot of and and i want to give credit to my artist my my uh, my illustrator and my colorist marcelo um who does an amazing job i'm gonna work with him um for whole, like for the rest of my my career in comic books he's amazing it's a good choice. i have a letterer sk no he's fantastic you know and we're we're both learning you know we're both coming up so we're like we're like going together and i think the art is better like hands down i think the art is is much better and issue one is not it's not perfect you know like i think we're kind of like the bad news bears you know like that first issue is a little rough around the edges but it's almost like when you listen to like a metal song that's kind of like the vocals are kind of just kind of scratchy or a, a, a rap song where the, the vocals are leveled out to where it's kind of like it, it's like it's like that rawness. I hope hopefully plays into the tone of the of the uh, the comic book. I hope yeah, the, the tone, but, the tone itself, I think, is great throughout so far. There's only two issues. But mm-hmm. I think all the the feeling that you get and all you know, every part of the writing and art comes together in a way that helps you understand what's going on, but also leaves you hanging where you deserve to hang as a, a reader. Uh, in regards to you know what the plot has to provide, so I think you know I think a, another great question. I know John really kind of opened it up, where you know what what influenced you to write a story like this. I know there's voodoo in there. I know Mm -hmm. uh, you're playing hard into relationships. I know we didn't really get to see an insane amount of Marcus and DK, Mm -hmm. but I'm betting we'll see more. Um, Yeah. I'm hoping uh, because I, I totally want to see, you know, how that. Right. Right. And I want to see how everything came to be, you know, why do you care so much? Um, You know, how was he in a business with, with, with Marcus anyways? What what uh what inspired, what inspired you? Yep. What inspired you, and what kind of gave you the need to write a story like this with the characters and the you know the tone, everything involved? Unfortunately, so grief is a cultural unifier. Um, loss, death. I mean, we all go through it. You know, unfortunately, we're all going to go through it. You know, so it it was that angle. Um, I've I've always liked stuff like my tone. The stuff I like is either like pitch black hedonistic like e24 horror movies that make me feel 
like hopeless, you know, like there's a a a a black hole in my chest, or I like like really raunchy comedies, like like a like a Seth Rogen comedy. So I I, I went with the uh, the 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 dark stuff, and um, unfortunately, I've dealt with a lot of grief in life. Uh, won't go too into too much detail. Sure, but. Um, my a majority of my adult life, you know, I felt like this hopelessness, you know, and, and, and dread. Dread was the big word that, that that was like a recurring word. And I heard people use that. Um, mul- multiple people that haven't communicated like, yeah, there's a lot of dread. Here. And I'm like, oh, I nailed it. I nailed it. exactly what I was going for. But basically, I want I want people to feel that dread. I want people to just feel uneasy, you know, like just feel unsettled. And as far as what actually inspired it, I think Frankenstein is a pretty obvious um you know inspiration playing god yes look it's the premise is similar to the crow um you know so i can't act like there's nothing like i can't deny the the resemblance um but, but mainly mainly um there there's that, that's pretty much it I, like i one thing i pride myself on is that this is a pretty unique it's pretty unique, especially for horror comics, I feel like, because we're saying it's a horror comic and it, you, it's really a thriller with horror trappings. If you want to look at it like that, like it, it kind of it kind of flows between genres. It does. I, I get that 100 percent. I think I call it a, a horror because it, it, I think it dips. It dips into that. Uh, yeah, a bunch. But yeah, it definitely floats, uh, floats around between certain genres. So I get the thriller. I get, you know, a little bit of drama here. So some funny moments, like, yeah, I think, yeah. Within <laughs> some of the expressions that Marcella comes up with, like it's just like, oh, it's like there's a somebody gets stabbed in the neck, and it's got it's like a real anime, like over, <laughs> like an over expression. I get, it just cracks me up. Yeah, I, I think I was I was going to mention this too. Uh, it sounded it sounded like and uh, throughout the the comic, it looked like it was enjoyable to write. It was it was enjoyable to to create the art for. It. I saw one 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 bit, one frame kind of stands out to me, and it's uh, in, in number uh, issue number two. I believe it's it's around the the point where uh, it's towards the middle to end of the the revenge period, and I think it's it may be D, DK. I could be wrong. Where it kind of has his like tongue hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> and it's just like really over exaggerated death yeah. where you see that in cartoons. And I said yes. You know, this looks like somebody really enjoyed that, and I don't know if you communicated that or it was. Oh, yeah. just, it, it was. I th- I didn't know, but it seemed like it was a joint effort, and you re- you really have to be thankful for cartoony, cartoony moments like that because it, it really helps you enjoy it too. I'm gonna say this real quick because, like, I just watched. You, you can't take it like it, you have to. You have to be genreless at sometimes. Like you have to add some levity in there. Even even as as dark as that is, like you just stab somebody in the neck, um, <laughs> the person has like this wild expression. Um, you want to add some levity, you know? I remember watching the Batman, and I was like, "Yeah, this is good," but it's like it's so fucking dour, man. Like, the parts of it. it's like, damn, can I just get like you, you, you? You're you're taking yourself too seriously, you know? Like it's a man dressed up like a bat. Like, and I think I need those moments in here to be like, okay, this isn't. This isn't like taking itself so super seriously, you know, like the subject matter is serious. But when you add in those humanizing elements, 
like like him sticking his tongue out like a dog, like to, to you know, like stuff like that. Him sitting up in the body bag, which I I found so. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't good. draw it. I find it so fun. Like I just think it's such a great a, a great um gag, like stuff like that. And he's just so oblivious to the fact, like he's so far gone. He's like, yeah, this is normal behavior. Just just sitting up in in a body bag stuff like that you know so it was really important to add those another cooking term texture you know yes like i like ceviche i had ceviche the other day you know it's soft it's acidic uh, it's like kind of nutty from the avocado it's smooth like you want you want the audience to go through different emotions yeah and, and i think i think i think you did that well the art the art came together and i i think that anyone who reads this and I know we we have you know half a month to go before you know the physical, you know the Kickstarter's going. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, oh no, it's in two weeks. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's in a couple weeks here. And he's terrible with time. Uh, just absolutely awful with time. Oh. I didn't mention the exact <laughs> date, so forgive me. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, John. Um, no worry, I'm date. here to call you out, buddy. I'll say the exact date. It's May third. It is and. Uh, I went ahead and I went ahead and followed that Kickstarter for sure because you know what? For one, I really want that cover, and I really want that uh, homage, and I really, I really enjoy the story. I want to have it in my my comic boxes here. I want to read it again. So uh, it's different to read it on the computer. It's compared to you know opening it and flipping the pages in your hand. So I think it's a different experience. I think I'll. I'll get even more attached to the the book and the story, but uh, oh, what other questions do you have, John? No, I don't. I don't want to black you out here. Um, I know that. Um, I mean, you mentioned your Kickstarter. Can you tell us more about that? Like, what what all is it? Does it entail? What are the different you know levels of it? You know, I think that way people can kind of get an idea before they kind of go there. Um, <laughs> what they're looking for. Absolutely. So I'll just work through. You get. I have. I'm gonna have two variant covers that aren't that haven't dropped yet. They're still getting drawn up. Um. So I got one from Lane Lloyd. I don't know if you know who they are. They're an artist on Twitter. Fantastic. Um. They do fantastic work. Yeah. I'll see if I can send you a copy of that because that one's ready. So there's variant covers. There's covers from the older one. Retro. Um. There's going to be a mixtape. Which I which is going to have some songs composed inspired by Decay, which I'm really excited about. There's going to be a necklace. Oh, neck the the pendant slash necklace from the from the comic book, which which is a, is a higher focus in this one. So hopefully that will sell. You know, pretty crazy. There's that. You can get drawn in. You can get like a self portrait that's drawn in Decay style. So there's there's a lot to pick from in in a good price range as well. Uh, what are the what are the pledge prices? So it's five dollars for issue two PDF, seven for um, issue one and two PDF, so all digital. Ten dollars for the standard cover, uh, issue two. Fifteen for one of the one of the one of the variants. For twenty dollars, you can get you can get any copy you want. Um, you can get any copy you want for twenty dollars. $30, it's signed. $40, it's a signed copy of your choice with the mixtape. $60, it's the signed copy, the mixtape, the necklace. A hundred, and then I gotta look at the rest of it. 
that. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, like, uh, so Ant, Ant was, you know, kind enough to send us some of the material. That mixtape, fire. Absolute fire. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm really proud of the music. You know, like I, I know a lot of people that are that are really talented that that stepped up and made some great songs. So I do definitely think that's something that people would want. You know, especially I think it fits the tone as well. It being New Orleans, with huge, it, it's a huge town uh, town for like jazz and stuff like that, but also a big um, rat town. You know, you had big timers and Little Wayne and 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 Cash Money. So definitely want to definitely want to check that out. It is. Uh, I want to drop in. Is are you from that? Uh, you know the the southeast. Is that where you you kind of were inspired? You know, with the I got a sense locally that you know that's that's where it's it's taking place down in Louisiana area. Is that right? Oh no, no, it's definitely Louisiana. It's very Louisiana. Yep. I am not from there. Um, I just did. I, I like the uh, when when people say things like that, it tells me like I okay, I did my job. Um, again, because that's that's all I'm looking to do is do a good job. But I am not from there. I'm hoping to take a trip. If this campaign goes well, like I'm definitely going to take a, a trip. And I'm going to try to film the uh, I'm going to try to film the campaign video for issue three in New Orleans. Like that's my plan right now. If, if all things go go well, and then I just sent you two. I just sent you two covers, Tyler. Yeah, let me let me take a look here. Mm-hmm. I'll look as well. Oh my goodness! Stop. Okay, uh, the first one I believe is Jess, and you have what looks like um, a bunch of hands around. Am I right? That's Jess. I, I'd like mm-hmm. to think it is. And that's Jess. I would like to think the hands around. It's just a like zombie hand. Yeah, she has like it. Kind of feels like there's a connection there, but. Um, did you have anything to say about this this cover? Did you just let the artist go nuts? Did you have any say? I let I it depends. Like really I like the I like to just say, hey, go go crazy. Um and I don't know. I don't know if they like that or not. I, me personally, like as a writer or as a creator, if you just said, Hey, do something and make sure it's good and, and you like leave, you leave me alone, I would like that. Um but so um Lane came up with the whole concept. Both of those of the issues I sent you, they came with their own concept. Wow. Um, what I have to say, John, uh, I'll make it quick because I know, I know you're probably gonna have a lot to say here, but I just want to say I love how the hands are reaching out. It shows a connection, and I think it shows that they're both they're both very closely related. Which you get that from issue one and two, and I think the artistic differences are great because you don't want you know the same art projected through different variants you want a different look each time and i think the second yes. one the second one blows up this is insane yeah. so all oh of, I'm, yeah I, I can't i can't take my eyes all of, of all like of this, this there... second variant is absolutely <laughs> just incredible all of you like, so art it from from i mean because i mean it even looks like looking at the bottom of it to the middle to the top i mean it, the the bottom looks like it was done by different artists than the middle and then the top looks like it was but i mean it's it's obviously all one art it is just phenomenal from i don't want to give too much away because you know obviously we want to pledge and yeah i mean this is this is i i I can't stress how good this variant cover is look this yes this is like the equivalent so when for all of you listening this is insane so this this uh 
This exclusive here is, is nuts. It looks fantastic. It gives you the feel that you want from that Louisiana. I feel like you get culture from this, this cover. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what you want with this comic. And I'm glad we're getting that too. And it's like, yes, I'm so excited. I want to, I want to go back and read it again. And I want this exclusive. So it gives you the feel. This is like a, an exclusive. That's like a, a one in 50 or a one in 100 where, or one in two hundred, even. I'm like, ah, I'm I'm gonna get it. So I hope you I'll have a, two thousand copies of this shit if it sells. Let me tell you, honestly, uh, one one's gonna be for me. So at least one, <laughs> hey. at least one. I'll tell you that. So uh, real quick, this is the this is a this is a, like really advanced. This is for issue three variant cover, so it's oh. not available yet. But oh, bring it, bring bring it on me, lay lay it lay it on me, big boy. Yeah, so I caveat. still got to get the second one, which I'm gonna provide some some feedback for the second this the, the for issue two. But it was a funny story because I was I was looking, I like to plan it things out and like I was looking for some variant artists. I'm always looking for artists, and I was like, hey, this dude, this dude has like a crazy good poster. He was like, he gave me a price. I was like, that is a great price. And when you have a great cover, this is like kind of behind the curtain. You can take the cover, and the dimensions between a cover and an art print are essentially the same, like the ratio. So you take it, you make it a print, and then you can sell the print too. And um, you know it's hard to make money off of comic books, but the print, the little, the little side shit, that's where you really make your. Yeah. Hey, could you that's make great. a? What's your What's your price? Could you know? Could we work together in the future? I was thinking like five months from now, right? He was like, "Yeah, what are you looking for?" And I told him, and he was like, "Send me some things." And he ended up like, I don't want to say he wrote me in, but I, I unknowingly commissioned him that day. And the dude made this in one day, like one what? work day. Like I came, I messaged him maybe at 8, 8 a.m. He had it done by like 4 p.m. I've never seen this before in my life. And I know those of you listening, uh, you're hearing us talk about this. And, and you said it's for issue three. This mm -hmm. cover, it is so... Uh, I, I can't describe it well enough, but it's so artistically well done, just like, you know, many aspects of the comics, if not the comics as a whole, but you get the culture that you want from the comic there and it's strong and you get, this could be, I feel like this could be like a heavy metal cover. I also feel like it could be like a rap album cover, which I, see, I was I really, see that. I see that a hundred percent. That's, that's what was on my mind too. And I wasn't sure if that's where you wanted to go, but I'd rather have you say that than, you know, it, it come from me. It was but, a happy accident. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's I'm gonna great. shout out the artist right now. It's mm -hmm. um at Portless, um at P O R T L E S S, Papa Oscar Romeo Tango, Lima Echo Sierra Sierra. So so look him up for sure. I didn't mean to cut you off. But I definitely want to give him props because oh, he did an amazing job. No worries. Uh, amazing is definitely an understatement. Just because it's so visually stunning. And I'm not going to take away from the art up above. I think, you know, art styles deserve the attention because, mm -hmm. because one, it's art. You know, just like writing is, everybody's going to have a different approach to it as they should. And and I think the, the ideas that each artist had were incredible. And they're going somewhere. It's not just somebody putting, you know, colors on paper. I think mm -hmm. we're I think we're going somewhere with these, these covers and they complement the story so darn well. And I am. Uh, it makes me even more honored to have this interview, and I know John, you feel the same way. So, wow! I say something real quick. So, um, you guys watch anime like Attack on Titan? I'm a, I'm a huge fan. 
Um, I, I watch some anime. I'm not like huge into it. Uh, I've got the, a couple shows that I've seen a couple times over, um, but I haven't dove too deep into it. Yeah. Okay. So if you don't know, Attack on Titan has like these amazing openings, and um, the Attack on Titan manga. Um, this is not a tangent. It, it's really good. Like it has really good ideas, but the anime makes it iconic. Like. The openings, they're beautiful. It's, they have foreshadowing. They're amazing. And they tell a story in of itself. And to me, that's what I want to do with the covers. Like I want the covers to kind of tell their own story and kind of add to the lore like like a like a uh, auxiliary storytelling. And um, I, I've been super proud because these are all guest artists. I'm a cello, but these guest artists, I feel like, have really... I like that of all the four variant covers, none of them look alike, you know, like one's like really anime inspired. One's like the tales of the crypt. This, this uh, lanes is like really kind of weird and kind of like cartoonish. And then Portless's is like um, super realistic, yeah. you know? So I, I'm really happy about that. I'm not just trying to plug the variant covers, but you know, you can, a couple, you know, you can, you can plug them all day. These 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 covers, <laughs> these covers that I've seen, I can honestly say from a somebody who enjoys uh, comics in general, uh, you go to Kickstarter, and you know what? There's there's a ton of of people creating comics out there. You're in a world where a lot of people want their story to be read, and I think where a lot of people in, in Kickstarter, you know, they they start to nosedive is what what they offer the people that are you know, want to read their story here. I think if people don't see at least in regards to what the, what's being offered in art, they need to read the story and figure out, you know, what they're missing because mm -hmm. they, I think a lot of people need to read this. Uh, fans of different genres need to read this because it's a lot wrapped in one. And I mm -hmm. think the kickers, are these these variant covers and they just blow up they're they're fantastic the different types of art involved that obviously closely relate to story and character i i'm blown away yeah I'm, and and i didn't do them so i can i can i'm allowed to blush but <laughs> and, and listen when you're when you that's how you make your money you don't buy like okay so when when avengers in game or like dr strange 2 when it comes out spider-man no way home they don't, you don't make a billion dollars because X amount of people saw your movie once. You make X, you make a billion dollars because more than one person is going to see it multiple times. So right. my business model, I need people to buy more than one copy, essentially. You know, so I can't I can't half-ass the variant covers because that's where the that's the basis of where how I get people to, to, to fork over more money, you know? And then a little peek behind the curtain, comic books are really light. So you, when you ship them, the price doesn't go up much, you know, so you definitely want to sell more than one copy. You know, you want to incentivize it selling more than one copy for sure. And, and I see exactly why, like uh, you get, this is like an all encompassing Kickstarter. So I know we're towards the end of our show here and I wish I could just go around in circles and say, everybody go get it. Everybody go follow Everybody go to Kickstarter, look up, you know, uh, look up this, this, uh, this Kickstarter here on, on decay. It's, it's fantastic. Don't miss out. Um, but there's so much, there's so much for the reader here 
it's insane. And I think that's where people fall off the wagon when they produce a Kickstarter. They don't give enough to the readers. And I'm not saying that, you know, you need to, you know, bend over backwards for every reader out there. But what you're doing here is you're giving love to the readers and that's fantastic because not a lot of people give enough love to the readers. And I think, I think that's something that you're also doing really well here. And I can't wait to see, you know, the announcements that come out when the Kickstarter goes live. And I think uh, the way I felt about the comics before this, before this interview, I feel so much more strongly now about how much I enjoy it. So, you know, we, we definitely have to thank you for coming on here, John, you know, what are, what are your, you know, what are your thoughts? I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, you know, it, it's as, as our first interview episode, um, it's, it's huge to have you on. So I honestly, I want to thank you. And, you know, for, for anybody that wants updates on the Kickstarter or just decay in general, uh, where, where can they find you on social media? They're going to find me at Stokes to writer. I'm super active on that on Twitter. Um, and then, um, I'm also on Instagram, Instagram.com forward slash decay comic. And you'll see all my stuff on there. And like I said, the, the, the Kickstarter will kick off May 3rd, 8 a.m. Eastern. There you go. May, May 3rd, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Or maybe, no, we're in daylight time now, aren't we? I don't know. 8 a.m. That's all you need to know. Um, I honestly, I mean, it was it such a joy having you on. Like, it was so wow, great to, you. you know, talk to the mind behind, you know, these two great issues. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me, 100%. And uh, the the words like you, I can't sell my, I'm not gonna say I can't sell it, but nothing sells it like other people, you know? Like, that's why I told you guys, like, yeah, yeah, fuck the spoilers. Like, just, just, just say what you <laughs> like because, you know, that's cool. That's what's going to ultimately. Yeah, that, and, and 100%. Uh, I, I wasn't necessarily too sure how you felt in the beginning in regards to spoilers, but you know what? You're right. How you how are you gonna how are you gonna get what you need out there if if you don't uh, if you don't talk about what's going on, what's to come, and you know you want everybody else to feel the same way. So honestly, like John said, we totally appreciate you being here. We enjoyed your work. Uh, be sure a hundred percent. I'll try to do my best in reaching them to thank them myself because the art, lettering, everything came through the way you needed it to. Plus some. So yes, the opportunity. Uh, we're very gracious about so very much thank you and the opportunities you gave us to read your you know read your comics mm-hmm. and what's to come i can't tell everyone enough everybody out there listening jump on this now because i have a good feeling this creative team this comic in the future it, it's gonna, something's going to blow up here this is great wow yeah, and that's and that's it's coming from somebody who enjoys. I, I thoroughly enjoy a lot that came from the the comic as a whole, and to know that there, these variants are coming too. Like I'm itching, I'm itching to to put my name down because I feel like there's so many people out there that are going to want the same thing so much more, like so much more because you know they have more of a, an attachment to the way these covers are done or the way the the art was in the comics or you know the way it was written, the way the story is going or progressing. Fantastic. So we're going to end it on that note before we, again, we go around in circles because we can only, 
thank you so much. So, um, we so I mean, thank thank you everybody for listening to this this amazing episode. Uh, for anybody still keeping tabs on us, uh, you can find me at the Maryland Jedi on Twitter. I finally changed my handle. Tyler, where can they find you and the podcast on Twitter? Where can they find me? Well, that's uh, on Twitter, of course. Comic Typhoon is where you're going to find me. And, of course, at Nerd Rejects is our podcast Twitter handle. So if you have anything to ask, anything to say, that's where we're at. And certainly, again, thank you, Ant, for coming on. And we'll be happy to have you on any other time for your work if you just want to talk. It's been a fantastic time, so thank you so much. Thank, thank you so much, guys. This this was a great, and I, I have a feeling like when I'm done with my my press tour, like this is gonna be one of my favorite my favorite episodes, and, and we definitely gotta set some things up for the future, hundred percent. I and I can't wait to see what comes. And I know John, you feel the same way. When this opens up, I'll, I'm hoping I'm the first person to jump on. Sorry, John, but <laughs> for all of you out there, go out there, follow this Kickstarter, wait for Thanks. it to start up, jump on it because. You're going to want to, and you, if you don't want to miss out. So go out there, get that Kickstarter, follow it, and know that there's going to be some big things coming. So thank you all for listening. Hey, hey Tyler. Hey, Tyler. Yes. You know what I just realized? What's that? We don't. So obviously those listening, they, they know Gasper has been here. So uh, guess what? Guess what, Tyler? Is he here? Nerds out. Ha, ha, ha.